I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou Merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh, my God. We're just going to start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice. And uh, it's not as cold as back home. And the soil is a lot better. So, yeah, sure. I think we're going to settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone. Yeah. I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... This is a Geek History of Time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history and English teacher here in Northern California, about to start a new assignment, which I'm very, very excited about in the fall. Uh, and uh, I just got back uh, from a trip to, of all places, Florida last week. Um, my in-laws were planning on having a, a family reunion in the summer of 2020. Wow. Okay. In Florida. That didn't go according to plan. <laughs> no. And so it got pushed out by a year. And so we wound up going now after everybody in the family had, had the opportunity to get fully vaccinated. And um, uh, because of the year-long uh, delay, mm -hmm. uh, it meant that uh, originally we had looked at it and said, well, you know, our little boy's only two. He's not going to remember anything about it. And it's really expensive. So there's not really any point to going to Disney World while we're there. Even though we're going to be in Orlando, we'll just, you know. Mm -hmm. So we made plans to go to a restaurant outside the park where uh, our plan at the time was we were going to have a character breakfast where, where yeah, yeah, Mickey yeah. and all the characters, you know, come to the table and he'd get to meet Mickey and it would blow his little mind and be wonderful, yeah. you know. Uh, well, in the ensuing year, he got to be a year older. Uh, and we were able to save up the money to be able to afford to actually go to the Magic Kingdom. I was very disappointed to find out that uh, uh, Black Spire, uh, uh, Star Wars Land, oh, and okay. at Disney World is not attached to the Magic Kingdom. It's associated uh, with a separate park that we'd have to pay even more money right. to get access to. And so the trip wasn't about me getting another lightsaber even though it would be, you know, a personal semi-religious experience uh, yeah, going yeah. through that. And I've heard from actually your, your brother and his wife mm -hmm. about going through and doing it. Apparently she was left in, in tears and it was really an emotional experience. Yes. Uh, and like that would be like the hodge for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it was about our little boy. Uh, funnily enough, uh, my wife, who who didn't identify as a nerd, uh, at all until we got married uh, wants to go to Star Wars land uh, when we when we go to Disneyland next because they have a build your own droid Ooh. and and she wants to build her own BB-8 variant. Nice. So she's really excited about that. And of course, I need another bladed weapon to add to my collection because Gryffindor. 
Um, Lightsaber you know, is not blade. It acts like a blade. I mean, it, it yet, functions no like part one. Does it have an edge? At no part, not even at the tip. Is, no, no, it's all rounded. Well, okay. No, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure the moment you hand one to Anakin fucking Skywalker, it's mm-hmm. all edge, because he's a fucking edge lord. I mean, yeah, come on, true. Come on, come on. Well, I mean, all the Jedi were, and Kylo Ren, for God's sake. Well, constantly, yeah. yes. So anyway, we we went and we went to we went to Disney World, went to the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my son got to ride on his first roller coaster. He went on the Goofy's Barnstormer. Okay. Which he, he was big enough to go on. It was nice, a genuine nice. roller coaster. A little, you know, more gentle turns. Didn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah. big craziness. Um, and he went on it with his mom, which mm-hmm. was not expected because she doesn't, she doesn't do roller coasters. It was gen- this was gentle enough for her to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came off of it absolutely fucking amped. Nice. Like he came running down the ramp. I said, "How was it, dude?" We went zoom, and nice. and it was amazing, and it was also a deeply painful experience because he. Before I asked him a question, I'd picked him up, so I had him in my arms, and when he said, "We went zoom," he, he flailed all four limbs yep. and caught me right in the nads. Nice. Which, you know, defining dad moment right there. But yeah. no, no, yeah. the whole and and he was he was a trooper. Like it is really easy and mm-hmm. and kind of almost the mode for everybody to be cynical about going to Disneyland or Disney World. Like, well, you know, you spend all this money and the kids are going to wind up having a meltdown because they get overtired. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's all plastic and it's all fake and it's da da da. You know, here's the deal. Um Anybody wants to be a cynical edge lord about, you know, Disney milking me for all the money that I spent on this trip, go ahead. That's fine. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It was amazing. And my son was absolutely entranced, mm-hmm. like consistently all day. Yeah. And I'm just going to be a proud papa here. Never had a meltdown. Nice. Never. I mean, he was exhausted. We ran him so completely out of batteries (laughs) that he took a three hour nap the following day. Right. You know, we, we completely, yeah, we just ran him completely out of power. Uh, but he never, he never threw a fit. He got Mm -hmm. a little whiny, a little fussy, a little clingy. Mm -hmm. His ability to listen got a little bit foggy. Sure. But that was that was the worst of it. That was that was as bad as it got. We had a great trip. Uh, his cousins who were there with us at the same time, they were very well behaved too. Mm-hmm. No, we had a great time. Good. and and it was absolutely amazing. I got to take him on the teacups, but he wasn't really there. Uh, he fell asleep. So his mom was like, "No, I'm not going on the tea. I can't handle. I can't handle uh, spinning uh, around. Spinning. Yeah. No. Yeah." Just it's not going to be a thing. No, that if you're going to do that, you're going to do that, and don't don't spin it too fast while he's on there. I'm like, right, I won't. Right, I'm right. not going to. But but it had uh, the teacups have a have a very uh, serious emotional meaning for me mm-hmm. because it's one of the memories I have of Disneyland with my dad when I was little. Okay, so it was a big deal for me to take him on this. Yeah, ride. yeah, yeah. So my wife hands him to me. I pick him up. 
and he's he's worn out. It was it was late in the afternoon. Sure. <laughs> she walks around to the other side of the ride. We get in line. It's only like a five minute wait to get on the ride at that yeah, it's point. Teacups. And um, he passed out. <laughs> he 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 collapsed on my shoulder mm-hmm. and turned into a space heater, which was not fun in the Orlando heat. No, you know, um, but absolutely just like out. Mm-hmm. And we got we got to the front of the line. I we got in the ride. I kind of w- I woke him up, you know, sat him down. Yep, yep. And his eyes were open, but he was not. He totally, wasn't there. For he it. was not there. Uh, there are a couple of photos his mom took. Of, of him and like, you yeah, know, he's, he's not there. Okay. So we're going to have to go do that next time we go to Disneyland, which sure. for us here in California is comparatively local. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so okay. that was, that's, that's my big news. Who that's are you? News. Who are, who are you and what have you been up to? Uh, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm the other half of this show. Uh, and I am a Latin teacher up here in Northern California. Going to be a drama teacher soon. Uh, trying to enjoy what I can of the summer and spend my time working out, which means I've been reading a lot more Star Wars books uh, because when I work out, I, I usually use a recumbent bike, and I got a recumbent bike specifically because it's easier to read books on. Uh, okay. And so I I just read um, that I'm saying this so that I can go back and find the episode <clears throat> to tell me what books to look at. Oh, again. right, 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 right. Yeah. So I just finished reading Traitor, which is an ode to existentialism. Uh, <laughs> I which, remember that conversation. Yes. yes. Uh, and it's, it's, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I mean, it's straight up like history doesn't matter. Yeah. Your ascribed yeah. role doesn't matter. What matters is what you choose and that you do it. Yeah. Right? Uh, she, that's the lesson that she's torturing him with. Uh, and then in the second, uh, or not the second book, but uh, in this next book, which is called Destiny's Way, um, there are several conversations between Luke Skywalker and Ver- a lot of people call her Vergere. I call her Vergera because Latin teacher. Um, yeah, well, her name is literally the verb for to turn, uh, which because she keeps betraying people or turning people uh, and, and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's a remarkably good cogent analysis. And I thought of you specifically because it does, this is why I love the EU so much. It does uh, in the EU, what Lucas failed to do in the prequels and, or the original, the original in that, it actually gives a philosophical understanding to the force and to the use thereof. And I think oh. that's really helpful and really, really important. Quite okay. Honestly. Well, yeah. Um, and uh, at that time, it was EU canon, which means yes. you've got levels of canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the movies supersede anything. But yeah. uh, it was EU canon. And that that was really neat because it's like, oh, they're finally tidying up certain things. So, uh, so I really enjoyed that. Okay, so here's a question: sure. having having not read it, mm-hmm. um, do you think what that book says mm-hmm. about the philosophy of the Force and use of the Force? Do you think that has bearing on what Filoni and everybody have done with Rebels and moving in Good the direction question. that the sequels have moved? Good question, because. Filoni and no, I don't think it does. I, okay. I honestly, I don't think it does, and and here's why. 
Um, I think that uh, the books that absolutely influenced the pre- the the sequels uh, came later. Okay. Now it this book as well as several before it have already set the tone for spoiler alert Jason's turn. Um, <laughs> but uh, which is essentially um, he is the proto Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, and uh, his sister Jaina is the proto Ray. Yeah, that's all there. Uh, but this particular series was so panned by so many people because this is the 19 book series, the Yuzhan Vong invasion series. Right. And very few people like I'm going to say people cut one way or the other, but like 90 percent of them cut in the direction <laughs> of like, this is shit. We don't like it. Yeah, I'm that 10 percent. I loved it. Um, the, I, yeah. I had a very hard time with the, the originalism coming into Star Wars. If the, the something, something, oh, coming so, up with something so novel. So yeah, something so completely, I'll push you back on that a little okay. bit. Um, did the Ewoks have technology? No. And they took on the Empire. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not... So now we've inverted the power of the Empire and the technological capabilities uh, of the okay. Ewoks. Yeah. So now the invading force is is all-powerful. Yeah. And blind to the force. They represent death. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and they use... Uh, their technology is all biotech, basically. Which is interesting. Oh, yeah. For a, for a species that, that represents mm-hmm. death. Like they are symbolic of. Well, they and, love slavery. And, yeah, like well, they, yeah. You know, they, they they love dominion and dominating yeah. other things. Yeah. So and and spoiler alert from a book twenty years ago, um, they're banished <laughs> from the force. That's why they show uh, blank in the force. Okay. You never finished it, did you? No. Yeah. A I lot never, of people. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't get. No, I I didn't get anywhere near finishing it. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. And and the thing is, uh, my first exposure to the Yuzhan Vong was mm-hmm. not reading any of the novels it was in role-playing game materials for that edition of the rpg okay and it was just it was it struck me as being of a piece with Mm -hmm. the you know 90s you know everything dark gritty Oh, okay. stuff that so so for me tonally mm-hmm. there there was well you know okay this is this is all you know you're you're trying to come up with something new to throw into the universe right because you know you can't figure out how to work with what's already there sure which bugged me on a narrative level but then there was just the tonal nature of it of well you know look look how grim and evil these guys are and right like, they're right. so bad like dude okay no you don't need to outdo Darth Vader. Like right. you don't, you don't need to come up with a worse dragon than Vader. Right. Right. Like, like and, and, and I felt like that's, that's what they were reaching for. Okay. And so to me that, that was the turnoff. Okay. Um, that's fair. and so, you know, um, also there's just something about, you know, the, the scarification they did with, you know, cutting off their noses. Yeah. Yeah. That visual, like on the cover of the books, mm-hmm. just viscerally was like, I do not, I'm not, no, sorry. Can't, can't <laughs> gotcha. do it. Can't do it. Gotcha. So there was a squeamish this factor involved too. I got it. Okay. For okay. me, I got to admit. Um, so yeah. Okay. No, I, I, 
I find them fascinating. I don't think they're given nearly enough depth as characters. Uh, there's a few that get them. Uh, you know, the authors all obviously loved Namanor. Um, and, and I mean, there's, there's plenty of problems with the series. Uh, yeah. But also, you know what a fetish I have for things that existed before, during, and after 9-11. This is true, and, and that would be one of those things. Is yes. absolutely being that. nineteen books long. Yes, yeah. Um, but so it's it's very interesting to to track that change. Yeah, uh, and also this series is coming out while the prequels are coming out. Oh, and that's okay. Having, and so the reverb. there's a reverb. Okay. Yes, really good word for it. Yeah. So anyway, so yes, I'm working out more. Uh, not that anybody can tell yet, especially on on the. Uh, podcast uh but uh <laughs> but i'm working out more which means i'm burning through these books a lot quicker i'm already i actually looking at it now one two three four five books away from finishing uh, nice the series very cool so yeah All anyway right. that's that's you know we spent 15 16 minutes updating people oh yeah things well, that yeah. we love yeah uh so i want to hear more so much more about a desert-based economic analysis of 1960s sci-fi. <laughs> if only uh, there were a podcast, podcast that could deliver that I could, such that a I, thing. That, that you could go to yes. for that. Yes. Well, you know, it's a good thing you're sitting across the table from me right now. Because guess what I have for you? We could fit so much sand <laughs> in this baby. <laughs> in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I hate sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I, I I love by the way that the the Anakin Padme meme is getting yeah, so popular. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. So anyway. in in one of my forty k communities, I yeah. don't I don't remember the back and forth on it, but the the punchline is you're you're going to paint these models, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just it was it was something like I just bought a new box of Primaris Blade Guard. Great, and you're gonna paint him next, right? <laughs> you're gonna paint him next, right? right? You know, <laughs> like you can apply it to so many things. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um, so when when we left off, mm-hmm. I had finished talking, explaining the noble houses and the lance rod. Yes. And the the relationship between the narrative relationship mm-hmm. between House Atreides and House Harkonnen. Okay. Are, okay. are yeah, two yeah. the yep. two the two main noble houses that were that were introduced to. Now it's important to note mm-hmm. I haven't said very much about the Emperor here. Uh, um sure. the, the Emperor by himself is kind of one of the three pillars that guys Helen Mohayam talked about in her you know wonderfully fluid and not at all stilted ham-handed speech about the structure of society see i'm okay you know? with the mother superior of like the the order of murder nuns talking like that <laughs> always i i love i love murder nuns yes. i'm gonna have to remember that and i'm going to appropriate that for how i refer to sisters of battle in 40k forever okay, murder nuns. not 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 oh what what god do they worship the emperor of humanity. Okay. Uh, the god emperor of man. Okay. What Who gods? else would they worship, heretic? I fucking know. Let me. Um, well, okay. Yeah, okay. So no, what other no, gods no. You are there sat they across would, from yeah, me. I did. Often enough. To focus on. Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What other so, gods? Yeah. 
Uh, what other gods would they fight against? Uh, in 40K? Yes. The gods of chaos. Okay, so corn. when... Okay, corn and... On his on his brazen throne. Uh-huh. God of war. Yeah. Uh, Nurgle, god of disease and pestilence. Okay. Uh, actually named for a Mesopotamian... I think Mesopotamian demon or deity. Okay, okay. Uh, Slanesh, the, referred to as the Prince of Pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, often uh, uh, pointedly a they figure because of his hermaphroditic nature. Okay. Um, and um, Zinch, Changer of Ways, God of Magic and Cunning and Scheming and Wheels Within Wheels. Okay. Uh, when you take on somebody whose characters worship those gods... You need to sing. How do you solve a problem like, like Maria? But fill in the guy. Nice, name. nice. Like how Zedge. do you solve a problem like the? Or, or like just use a different. Yeah, how yeah. do you solve a problem like the Nurgle? <laughs> how do you solve a problem like chaos? Yeah. How yeah. do you grab corn down from his throne? <laughs> yeah. You know. With bolter shells and righteous face and the god emperor of mankind, a flibbity gibbet, a clown. <laughs> sound of chain swords in the in the background slice every marine you know i like it yeah so so yeah no but murder nuns murder nuns speaking in vaulted language yeah which i'm totally cool with okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so um so i've i've the last aspect of of herbert's world building Mm -hmm. that is i think really important to highlight specifically before we get into larger scale Mm -hmm. like philosophical you know discussion of of work uh is the the natives of dune okay now the natives of dune these are the fremen yes okay okay and and what's important to note is they are referred to by everybody in the book they're the natives of Dune. Like they are, they are the, the people who live in the desert. Mm-hmm. They like are analogous to, uh, you know, the Bedouin. And we're going to get into that relationship, you know, in a minute. They, they are, they are the primitive natives, you know, living basically in the wilderness. They're talking about the tropes that we're, that we're looking at with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. What's important to note is, mm-hmm. Um, they are, uh, not natives because nobody's native to Dune. They're humans. They're originally from Earth. Yeah. They, they are themselves colonists, but they've been living on the planet longer than anybody else. Sure. Like continuously. Right, right. On the planet longer than anybody else has. And so they're, again, Fremen. So they're, and they're Boers. No. Okay. No. Okay. No, because the Boers, there were other people already there. Yeah. The Boers were a colonizing force against an already native population. When the Fremen arrived on Arrakis, there were no other humans there. There are no aliens in the Dune universe. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah. Empty places. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, And so the Fremen, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is a contraction of free men. Right. They are descended from Zen Sunni wanderers. Now, when I get to talking about religion as a theme, Mm -hmm. we're going to touch again on Zen Sunni. I would hope so. Yeah. But 
So they're descended from Zensuni Wanderers. God, that sounds like a combo that wouldn't work, but at the same time, totally it would. It really could. Yeah. Like, like, it's like if you take Ruffles and put them in creamy peanut butter. Like, yeah. Like, that like, sounds that terrible. That should be awful. But, but yeah. I like it. I like the idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or okay. that or that whole thing on TikTok about mustard on watermelon. Oh, have you tried that? I haven't tried it. Okay. But like everybody I've actually spoken to who has tried it was like, yeah, no, it actually works. Is it like just it might not be their favorite thing? Right. But right. I think I think the salty is a big part of it. Okay. But I I I mean, not having tried it myself, I don't sure. know. Sure. Because my stepmom always pours salt on watermelon and it oh, makes yeah. it way sweeter. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's like salt on chocolate. Like if you do salted chocolate or salted caramel, yeah, I was I was deeply deeply uh, uh, suspicious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. skeptical was the word I'm looking for. I was deeply skeptical about salted chocolate until I tried it, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get this now. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the the Fremen are Zensuni, uh, who were kidnapped mm-hmm. generations before the events of of the novel. Uh, and were were forcibly resettled onto Arrakis as as okay. a source of labor as a population on the planet. Right, right. Okay, and I need to find another passage here. I promise it won't be as long as the one as Baron Harkonnen as Baron Harkonnen's uh, uh, thing monologue. Um, but so um, to give you. And, and understanding of, of the history we're talking about here. Okay. Um, there's a conversation going on between the Lady Jessica, her her son's consort, Cheney, and a couple of other women in the Fremen Sitch, mm-hmm. where Jessica where where Paul has now become a war leader among the Fremen after right. fleeing into the desert. Um, oh wow. How messianic. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dune Messiah is the title of oh, one of the sake. other is okay. of one of the other novels in the series. So, yeah, yeah. you know, no, remember what you said about there's no there's no nuance here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> um so um Jessica has become a reverend mother uh meaning she has essentially been elevated to uh, the the pinnacle of what her training will allow her to be as a Benny Gesserit. Okay, she is effectively psychic. Um, it's right, described right. in a way that it's not quite like ESP. She reads, yeah, she yeah. reads body language she, and well, but, facial but, tics. But now that, beyond yeah. that, she's able she she has expanded her consciousness okay. to an extent to be able to go into ancestral memory. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, remember the bit about because I talked about the Kwisatz Haderach before, right? That that the the Bene Gesserit Reverend Mothers can go back into ancestral memory, but only down the female line, right? 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 And that's and the, the whole Kwisatz thing about Haderach Paul. is going to yeah. be able to go down into male right. ancestral memory as well. Okay, so she is now at that level. In the process of her becoming a Reverend Mother, mm-hmm. the the daughter who was in her womb at the time is Paul's younger sister, Aliyah, who is now three or four years old, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering, and able to speak almost like an adult and went through the same transformation at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so is weird okay. in, that, in that, you know, and, and eldritch and kind of strange. So anyway, they're, they're having a conversation about the fact that the people of the Sitch are weirded out by Aliyah 
and other stuff that's going on that I won't get into. And in the middle of all this, um, there is, there is a, a celebration is the wrong word. There's a commemoration that happens in the middle of all this happening. And so, um, uh, she broke off. Uh, Aaliyah is in the middle of a, in, in the middle of a statement to somebody else. She broke off tipping her head to listen. Hara, one of the other women in the room, mm-hmm. rocked back on her heels against the sitting cushion, stared at Alia, bringing her attention then up to Jessica's face. Didn't you suspect? Jessica asked. Shh, Alia said. A distant rhythmic chanting came to them through the hangings that separated them from the CH corridors. It grew louder, carrying distinct sounds now. Ya, ya, yom, ya, ya, yom. Muzain Walla Ya Ya Yom Muzain Walla The chanters passed the outer entrance and their voices boomed through to the inner apartments. Slowly the sound receded. When the sound had dimmed sufficiently, Jessica began the ritual, the sadness in her voice. It was Ramadan and April on Bela Tegeusi. My family sat in their pool courtyard, Hara said in air bathed by the moisture that arose from the spray of a fountain. There was a tree of portugals, round and deep in color, near at hand. There was a basket with mishmish and baklava and mugs of liban, all manner of good things to eat. In our gardens and in our flocks there was peace, peace in all the land. Life was full with happiness until the raiders came, Alia Mm. said. Blood ran cold at the scream of friends, Jessica said, and she felt the memories rushing through her out of all those other pasts she shared. La, 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 the women cried, said Hara. The raiders came through the mushtamal, rushing at us with their knives dripping red from the lives of our men, Jessica said. Silence came over the three of them as it was in all the apartments of the siege the silence while they remembered and kept their grief thus fresh. Presently, Hara uttered the ritual ending of the ceremony, giving the words a harshness that Jessica had never before heard in them. We will never forgive and we will never forget, Hara said. In the thoughtful quiet that followed her words, they heard a muttering of people, the swish of many robes. Jessica sensed someone standing beyond the hangings that shielded her chamber. So mm-hmm. there is a very definite, very specific real world history attached to right. this, uh, attached to the Fremen. Mm-hmm. There is a very specific memory in, in uh, Jessica's transformation into a reverend mother. One of the memories that comes literally wailing at her mm-hmm. out of ancestral memory is the cry. They denied us the Hodge. Gotcha. Okay. And so the Fremen are the descendants of a, a essentially an enslaved population, a group mm-hmm. of people who have been persecuted, who have been driven to this planet, who, who have fled. Right. Like they got transported to Iraq and they said, you know, fuck you. We're going in the desert where you can't follow us. Right. They have learned how to survive in this incredibly harsh environment. And, um, they, they have a dream of turning Arrakis into a livable planet. 
okay. to them a paradise mm-hmm. where there will be green growing things. And there will be standing water on the surface of the planet. Um, and this dream is one that was given to them by a character I haven't even mentioned yet. The Imperial planetologist Kynes, okay. who is an important figure at the beginning of the book, winds up dying shortly after the sure. Atreides get overthrown by the Harkonnen. He's also the fought. Well, there is the elder kinds who was the first one to say, we can turn this planet into, we can change the ecology of this planet. We can make it into a livable world. Mm-hmm. His son took over from him. His son is the kind that we actually meet in the novel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kynes's daughter is Cheney who winds up becoming Paul's concubine partner okay okay in in fact wife but right right um and so everybody discounts them literally undercounts them like the estimates that everybody has of how many people can be out in the desert like one of the one of the things that thufir hawat points out early in the book is they they travel mm, single file to hide their numbers numbers. right yeah um but but hawat literally says no no based on the number of them we've seen coming into towns Uh everybody's calculations of how many of them there are are off by more than one order of magnitude so they're undercounted and the harkonnen attitude toward them is they're they're desert rats they're they're pests you know we we you know they treat them like vermin sure but uh leto atreides Again, going into Arrakis, mm-hmm. seeing that it's a trap, mm-hmm. knowing the Emperor has it in for me, Harkonnen definitely has it in for me, this is not what it looks like. He sees right. an opportunity because there are more of them than everybody thinks. They've figured out how to survive in this harsh environment. Mm-hmm. If we can make them ours if we can if we can get them to love us if we can get them to love us earn their respect in some sort of ritualized combat i assume well that's not a detail that leto ever mentions but that's something something comes up in the story because that's the trope for for this kind of tale um and so he he sees leto Mm -hmm. and tufir hawat see that they could become a force like the sardaukar the, the emperor's feared terror troops. I mentioned okay, them back, okay. I think, in the first episode. Yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. About. Um, and, and, you know, nobody talks about the planet the Sardaukar are from or how the Sardaukar get trained or any of that kind of stuff. It's a closely guarded secret. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Thufir Hawat, the Mentat, has done, done some thinking about it and has figured something out. Okay. The Sardaukar are from a hell world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the emperor's prison planet is the hell world the Sardaukar actually come from. Okay. They are, they are, uh, uh, told, uh, you know, you're tougher than everybody else. You're better than everybody else. You know how to survive in this environment. You know, you are the elite of the elite and Mm -hmm. I am going to get you out of this place. And I am going to send you out into a galaxy. You're going to dominate and everybody's going to fear you. And it is through me that you will get all of this. And so the Sardaukar fanatically loyal. Okay. 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 And that is what uh, Leto mm-hmm. thinks. If we can, if we can get this, yeah, then this that. isn't going to be a trap for us. We'll have our own thing that we can use. Okay. To turn the trap around. 
Okay. Um, and so it's a double source of potential power. Control of the spice, which everybody needs mm-hmm. and is a source of incredible wealth and super troops. Okay. Okay. Super soldiers. Right. You know. And so in addition to that, the Benny Gesserit have mm-hmm. a specific arm of the sisterhood called the Missionaria Protectiva. Okay. Who travel all across the galaxy mm-hmm. and amongst their words, primitive mm-hmm. superstitious populations. They, they set themselves up within those populations and they introduce prophecies in a can. Okay. That Bene Gesserit operatives are trained to know, recognize, Oh, this is prophecy three. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, simplifying, yeah. but you know, I'm hearing these people reciting this religious passage. I know they're looking for this response. Right. And, and being able to then step into oh, the so role of the yeah. prophesied, you know, people as a way of getting help and support. And, and so this you know, is a way to set yourself up as the Mahdi come lately, basically. I love how you use the word Mahdi. Oh, because that's literally on the day that Paul and his father and his mother arrive in uh. Arakeen city as they are riding through the streets. Mm-hmm. People see Paul right. and see his mother, a reverend mother, which is part of the prophecy. Sure. And they oh. immediately start shouting Mahdi Mahdi. And then they throw rocks at him and stone him off his ass. No, no different Paul, different Paul. Okay. Different Fair. Paul. Yeah. Uh, and different source for the for the getting knocked off his ah, good point, good point. Off his donkey onto his ass. Yes. Um and ass to ass. Yeah, ass to ass. Yeah. So back to back now, to now we're talking about uh for a dream. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that too. Um so making ends meet. I like it. So <laughs> no I don't. I really don't. But <laughs> no one should. No one yeah. yeah. Okay. So so um and and of course the name he winds up taking when he joins mm-hmm. the Fremen is Muad'Dib, right? okay. which Muad'Dib, Mahdi. Yeah. Now. And I remember in the movie, my name yeah. is a killing name. Yeah, my name. Okay, so <laughs> quick segue. Sure. Um, the weirding way, as as it's used in the book, when he talks about the weirding way of combat, uh-huh. that isn't. The weird voice amplifier thing. My name is a killing. No, no. That was a way to take the concept and translate it into a Lynchian visual kind of kind of thing. What, okay. What Jessica agrees to teach the Fremen mm-hmm. when when they first get rescued by Stilgar and his, uh-huh. his people when they're on the run from Harkonnen, uh, Jessica says, "I will teach your people the weirding way of combat." Which is the prana bindu. I know how to control every muscle of my body. I have, you know, I have, I have superhuman control of. I I could all, give you all, a one inch punch. Yeah. Okay. I could, yeah, gotcha. That okay. that's that's five finger death touch. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of that's okay. that's the weirding way as it is in the book. Okay. But in and the... Paul and and they see immediately that Paul has been trained in it too. Okay. Which, by the way turns out to be another another key note in in the prophecy that's prophecy been left. number six yeah you yeah. know um the the infectious prophecy yeah and and so um 
and and so Paul mm-hmm. winds up uh, being being rescued by the Fremen after his father is killed by Harkonnen. Oh, okay. and his army is destroyed by Harkonnen. He and his mother flee to join the Fremen. Because yeah, you need because that in your because story. the way yeah. because the way has been paved for them already. Right now, here's the thing though. Over the course of the novel, as the reader, mm-hmm. you know that the missionary of Protectiva showed up ahead of time and seeded the prophecy. Mm-hmm. But Paul, on the night that his father dies, mm-hmm. Paul has an an expansion of consciousness event. He does mushrooms. Uh, triggered, well, triggered by the spice. So yeah, sort yeah. of. Uh, Which you'd mentioned in episode yeah. one of this. Yeah, was he 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 the 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 spice and all the food he's been eating sure. for days, the exposure to the stresses of everything he's been through and everything else, force him into being a mentat. Like he finds out a mentat. Remember Thufir Hawat mentats human computers. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. His, in the first few pages of the book, we find out that, you know, from a very young age, Thufir looked at him and said, he has the traits that could make him a mentat. His gotcha. father went, well, okay, if he's going to be a duke, mm-hmm. being able to do what a mentat can do is an amazing tool. Cool. Okay. So, and so he gets told by his father at some point in the training of a mentat, you need to be made aware of the fact that the training has been happening and you have to make the choice about whether or not you're going to continue. Okay. Sounds like uh, taking commu- uh, your first confirmation or something. Kind like of. That, yeah. There are some parallels yeah. there. And so Paul does the calculations. Natch, yeah. And says, yes, I want to continue. Carry on. I want yeah. to continue the training. And then has this series of experiences and okay. the infusion of spice into his diet, which basically flings him into full blown Mentat status. Terran Genesis for he, Dune. Essentially, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're good. Again, also good analogy. <laughs> and and he sees multiple he he literally finds himself having to find a way to anchor himself in time because his consciousness is 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 moving. He's expanded his along. consciousness out and now he sees all the possibilities yeah, of all yeah. the things. And okay, he yeah. and he can trace all of the future timelines going forward. Right. And in the same moment he finds that he cannot access his own emotions in order to mourn his father. And so there's this multiple page passage about this experience he has. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, once he taps into that precognition, mm-hmm. you as the reader uh-huh. start to wonder, okay, yes, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, this, this prophecy was left here as a tool. Right. And we've been told it was left here as a tool. But one of the things that Herbert is trying to say something about Mm -hmm. is destiny and fate and the mass consciousness of humanity. Okay. And it starts to be a question about how much of this prophecy is just hokum and how much of it really is actually prophecy. Right. Uh, the, The phrase terrible purpose comes up throughout the book. Paul has this sense of terrible purpose from the beginning of the book. He has this, this sense of being fated. Okay. Uh, this, this kind of fatalistic. I know, I know that there is something pressing on me. Mm -hmm. Once he awakens to his precognitive potential, 
he realizes it is the the human urge toward the survival of the species. Okay. That is that is pushing on him. And and there's stuff about genetics and sex and all of that kind of stuff. You're a middle school teacher. Type, this sounds like know. terrible purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So um and and so the the going amongst the Fremen with this prophecy, it winds up becoming a theme that we're like, okay, we know that part of this prophecy is, is Herbert telling us something about religion mm-hmm. and about organized religion as right. a tool. Right. At the same time, he's also talking to us about the philosophical idea of fate. Do you think he's just kind of, he's he's got big ideas, he's trying to make a big point about... Uh, about religion and he's still stuck in the tropes of well when we write these things we have to write about fate no okay Okay. no um there are plenty of tropes that he that he falls into Mm -hmm. just because it was the shape of the genre and it was the era and all that kind of stuff and i'll i'll talk about that for sure Sure. but i don't all all of the ones that have anything to do with philosophy or politics mm-hmm. or religion, he was very conscious of. Okay. Okay. Like, I mean, in my analysis, anyway, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Somebody else can go like, nah, it was a fucking hack. Right. You know. Um, okay. So he goes through uh, Dune World's Terran Genesis. Yeah. Uh, becomes, uh, he, does he accept his role as the Mahdi? He he tried. The thing is, he tries to fight against it because he sees that of it's course. inevitably going to lead to jihad. Specifically, that word. Specifically, that word. Okay. And he gradually, over the course of the remainder of the novel, this is his realizes. Of age. Yeah, yeah. He realizes there are fewer as time goes on. There are fewer and fewer paths available to him to prevent the jihad. So you might as well get out in front of it at some and point. And the second novel actually starts with, no, no, he's been the emperor for 10 years or something. Oh. In in the second book is he's, he's been, yeah. Well, okay. And, and the jihad has happened. Okay. And is still happening. And he, okay. he can only, he can only try to direct it or, or ride it to, to, so when he becomes you know, emperor, this is his uneasy alliance. Yes, is the force of jihad. Yeah, as opposed to the force of avarice amongst nobles. Yes, purity of ideology yeah. compared to fanaticism. Fanaticism. Uh, well, I'm actually going to go back to purity of ideology. Okay. Uh, compared to uh, total lack of ideology. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and one of the things and yeah, that a I, fanatic would consider their ideology yeah. pure. Yeah. But yeah. One one of the things I didn't get into talking about with with the noble houses, part of his calculation mm-hmm. in in the climax of the first book to get back to the first book. First the book. climax of the first book involves him doing math. No. Okay. No. Um. You remember in the in the movie? Yeah. The we have worms on the likes of which God has never seen. I'll pretend that I remember okay. that line. Right. I remember he was standing on top of a worm. Okay. Yeah. So the the capital of Arrakis, mm-hmm. which at that point is is controlled by the Harkonnens. Right. And the emperor and all of the noble houses of the Lancerad have shown up. Does the emperor because... basically stay out of it 
when when Harkonnen kills Paul's dad. It's an Amber's, interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting kind of. It's it's an inter- again talking about you know knife edges and right, balances of right. power. What's interesting about it is um, when Leto dies mm-hmm. shortly, and one of the things that Harkonnen says is, "I need somebody in here right now to clean all of this up," because. Leto is a threat to the emperor, but he is still the emperor's cousin. Right. And he is a duke of a noble house. Right. And so he, the emperor has apparently given uh, Vladimir Harkonnen very specific instructions. He needs to die quickly and, and in a way befitting, you know, an, an, an honorable cousin of the emperor. Sure. Sure. Like, no, no. Ruthlessness is ruthlessness. You know, he's got to go, but, you know, he, his dignity has to be kept intact. Sure. Okay. And um, his dignity is not kept intact. He's he's abused before he dies. Because Harkonnen realizes because Harkonnen, I, I'm the tiger that he's holding the tail of. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do now? Well, no. No? Harkonnen immediately says, clean all of this up. Oh, okay. Because a Sardaukar commander okay. shows up and says, I want to see the body. Right fucking now. Oh, okay. I have orders from the emperor, and you're gonna you're gonna bring him out here. Okay. Or I'm I'm gonna rip everybody in this room a new one. Okay. And because we're we're in this, you know, because of the because of the nature of the deal that got struck, you don't have anybody to go to. If I kill mm-hmm. you right fucking now, gotcha. We've basically just rebalanced. The we've scales. we've rebalanced the scales. Right. And you everybody's kind of down for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So. So anyway, he's on top of the, the so, giant worm so, and he yeah. says a he, really cool he, thing. Well, uh, he, he asks in the movie, he asks uh-huh. uh, Gurney, you know, do we have worm sign? And Gurney responds, we have worm sign the likes of which God has never seen. <laughs> or no, it's Stilgar he asks that of. But anyway, it's a great moment in the film. But what needs to happen, the city of Arakeen is located in a sheltered place. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically there's a big, there's a, there's a range of large rocky hills or low rocky mountains sure. that, uh, create a basin. The book gets into a lot of geography that, that essentially shelters the city from the worst of the massive sandstorms that the planet can, can throw. Okay. Well, in order to get his army up to where the emperor is, mm-hmm. Paul uses his family's atomics which were hidden away in a safe place before okay. Harkonnen took over. Uh, he has those retrieved and uses nuclear weapons to blow up the hills to let the full force of the storm hit for his men who okay. are Fremen at this point, uh-huh. who know how to, how to deal, how with, to deal with that. Storms. Right. Uh, to, to ride in on sandworms, take everybody by surprise and wreck shit. Okay. Uh, and catch everybody with their pants down. Uh, now the thing is, there's a back and forth between him and uh, Gurney Halleck. Gurney says, "I don't like using the atomics. All of the other houses of the Landsrad are up there. This is going to turn them on us. This is against the Great Convention, okay? Because we have an agreement. You don't use nukes against people." Okay. Paul says, "I'm not using them against people. I'm using them to blow a hole in the mountains." Right. That's a really fine line. It's fine enough for the hair splitters who are going to be in orbit above us. 
there if are it, acts of genocide, not genocide. Yeah. Yeah. And if 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 they don't have a a motive to take action, they're going to want a reason not to take action. Right. Okay. And when and when I have revealed to everybody what exactly the emperor did, uh-huh. they're not going to care that I used the house atomics because they're going to see that he could do it to any of them, right. you know? Right. So, so it's that, that inertia. Okay. Of, of the noble houses and that institutional, right, right, right. like we want status quo, that, that, that institutional, well, you know, I'm a moderate. Yeah. 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 You know, well, this reminds me of the five families, uh, in the Godfather. Yes. You know, very much. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good analogy. So, uh, so yeah, so he uses nuclear weapons to blow up a mountain range. Uh, the emperor calls him on it when mm-hmm. they when they have their their meeting. Finally, the emperor sure. says, "You violated the Great Convention." He says, "I didn't violate the Great Convention. I blew up mountains. I didn't kill people." Right. Besides which, everybody knows the Great Convention is just is is a threat to keep people in line. If anybody could get away with using nukes, they would. Okay, and we all know it. You know, just lays it all completely bare. Okay. And then he turns around and mm-hmm. with his new, you know, desert army, uh, the guild, he turns to the guild and says, you're going to send a message to all the ships that are up in orbit right now. The guild representative gets all huffy and says, you don't give the guild orders. He says, no, no, you two are low ranking guild navigators. Mm-hmm. So you can see the future. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Yeah. He says, listen to what I'm telling you. And you know, it's true. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't do what I tell you to do right now, I will destroy the spice forever. Okay. And and it's a great moment. Because to know, destroy the a thing is to control a thing. Yes. And, and both of them, their tone immediately changes because they realize, oh, no. No, we can see the timelines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple timelines in which we don't see anything anymore. Right. <laughs> Okay, no, and they and, yeah, they, yeah. and they immediately turn right around, on. And go to the yeah. radio, and and the emperor is shouting at him, and he's like, no, 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 you're not, no, 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 look at okay. me, okay, okay, yeah, me. yeah, talk I to am me. the captain, I'm now. the emperor now, yeah, you know, um, and so and so it is it is through that that balancing of forces and through mm-hmm. the fremen mm-hmm. that he winds up. Uh, uh, you know, bringing about the the culmination of the very simple revenge story, right? That lies at the heart of the plot, right? Um, and it's also through the Fremen that we get a lot of the exploration of religion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ecology, right? And it's within the context of joining the Fremen and living amongst the Fremen and becoming their leader that we get a lot of the post-humanism and we get a lot of the, uh, uh, psychedelia right. and expansion of consciousness, which is another way of saying psychedelia. So that is the, the crucial kind of elements of the world building. Okay. And so from there, we can we can talk about themes sure as as they get brought up and the tropes that get thrown around right and and then talk about dune's role within the canon of science fiction okay and so um 
I think the, the first theme I want to touch on, cause I can do it kind of quickly cause we're getting close to close to what would normally be the end sure, of our sure. time. I want to, I want to begin here and if we need to, we can carry this over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, now we can just kind of discuss this stuff, but colonialism is obviously a huge thing within, within this story. Colonialism in the context of this is an empire that is dying. Yeah. Yes. Or the or way decaying. Herbert, the way, yeah, decaying, yeah. stagnant. Yeah. Herbert makes a really big point about Paul's terrible purpose mm-hmm. is that humanity has, what, what Paul discovers is humanity has become stagnant. The same house, the house Carino has mm-hmm. held the throne for a thousand years. And so uh, the zitgeist, the human gestalt consciousness has this urge to mingle genes mm-hmm. and it's been pent up and it's been, it's been trapped in this, you know, okay. house of cards structure. Right. And so there are all of these, essentially there are all of these pressures building toward this violent bloodletting spasm of jihad, which is going to send vitality in this force of, of, you know, the Fremen. Oh, wow. You know, coursing through the cosmos in this huge religious war that's going to lead to intermingling of, mm. of bloodlines and a, a cataclysmic you know, creation. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. And so, so it's, it's easy for us to look at the historical context in which it was written and see an empire that's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Herbert either might've thought that was too on the nose Mm-hmm. Or it might not have lined up with what he wanted to talk about. Do you think he was calling out detente? He might have been. You I know? don't. As you've already noted, he never saw an anvil he didn't like. Right, right. And there isn't any overt like, well, you know, the Harkonnen have everything over here and we have everything over here and we can't really do anything and we're stuck. Right, right. There's like, I would expect him to be more on the nose if he was going after detente. It sounds like he's saying, look, there was a long ass detente and now we're to the point in the story where shit's moving. Could be. Either that or he's a fan of ancient Rome. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you, well, can, you know, yeah. you talk about empire. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, it's you know, the where Western you, where you're gonna, model. That's the Western, yeah. yeah uh, template for that. And, and so, of course, I never really thought of the Roman Empire as having any long peace, but that's because I always look at the provinces. Yeah. Whereas if you're a Roman, you might just look at Rome. You see, I even, even there, I'm like, no, because there's only like, I mean, literally, there are only five good emperors. That's why they're <laughs> called that. And then Augustus. Yeah. Like, and yeah. everybody else, pretty much. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Claudius is cool, but like, he also killed off all the druids, so he's a shit. Well, but, yeah, but yeah. And Augustus was a dick too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they all. They're were. all. I mean, yeah. They're they're emperors, but it's like, like, there's no way around that. Most of your emperors died of not so natural causes. Yeah. And Claudius doesn't it's get counted. It's one of counted. the themes in my yeah. seventh grade class is, yeah. you know, the best way to become emperor was kill the last guy who was emperor. <laughs> it, 
you know, yeah. or, or no one, retirement one of the, one of the most though. one of the most common ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no retirement. Well, plan there was him, one but... who retired, and he retired to grow cabbages. And when they came to him, I believe it was Domitian. They came to him. They're like, "Hey, we need you to kind of come back and and take up the the reins." He's like, "Are you kidding? Have you seen these cabbages?" <laughs> And he says no. <laughs> well, yeah. Because cabbages. He won. Yeah. He won. He's the like, only no. way to win was to get out of the fucking game. Right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I got a house. Yeah. I got a view. Yeah. I got cabbages. Cabbage. Yes. I don't have to deal right. with worrying about whether one of my own bodyguards is going to sure. stab me in the back, whether my nephew is going to have me poisoned. No. Right. I'm done. I right. did not. I successfully became a non-entity. Yes. Do you, Im- can you imagine yeah. how valuable that is? No, of course you can't. You're standing here in front of me. In begging Centurion's me to jump regalia, back in. Yes. Begging me to jump. You're a moron. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I have cabbages. No, I have cabbages. Yeah. Screw off. Okay. Yeah. So, so cabbages notwithstanding. Yes. Uh, this seems very much like he's in love with Rome with just the backbiting and stuff like that. Oh, of, yeah. of two noble families, blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the shifting alliances and, and, and an emperor. And I'd who, be interested. Yeah. I haven't I haven't done enough meaningful reading on the Byzantines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I'd, past my I'd time like too. to yeah, I'd I'd like to see like if I if I yeah. have if I get the opportunity to do some more looking into, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. uh those because that's that what my understanding mm-hmm. is the the I don't know if aesthetic is the right word, but the but the vibe Mm-hmm. That one that one gets out of reading about the court of the Padishah Emperor is that it's it's more Eastern Empire. Yeah. In in the no 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 no, um, we all have armies sure. at our beck and call, but using those is I mean not only clumsy and unwieldy, it's just kind of déclassé. Yeah. You know I mean we're 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 gonna we're gonna do this politically. This is all gonna be war of you know diplomatic maneuver and, right. and politics and money and you know and when it comes to it, knives in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know rather than you know okay Giant armies. No, no. Yeah. Milvian Bridge. Fuck you. Yeah. You know that's that like come on. Right. That's, right. That's clown shoes. Why yeah. you know. Um. And so. Yeah, that's, okay. That's my that's that's my feel sure, on that. Sure. Um, also, there's the pervasive Orientalism involved in this, yeah, which yeah. ties in with Byzantine a bit more Absolutely. than Western Empire. Although, although I would say that uh, some have laid, and I don't think necessarily correctly, the decline of Rome at the feet of Christianity becoming a state religion. And that did come out of the East from yes. desert dwelling. Yes, okay. It feels stretchy. It feels like a stretch. It feels stretchy. But it's got like, it's like, Oh, Oh, you put mango in this salsa. It's yeah. got that yeah. kind of feel to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, my tasting, I'm tasting mango. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did I ever tell you when little, I put Tabasco in somebody's Coca-Cola? No. <laughs> so do this. Who, uh, who did you put, hate? Nobody. What? We were just fucking okay. around, oh, at okay. the, you know, at virtual world. 
Um, but uh, but I was Vasco say, was it was it producer George? No. Okay. No. Okay. No, he would have liked it. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but you put Tabasco in Coca Cola, and nobody can taste it because all the fizziness. But then when they burp, they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> You gotta do it. Oh, that's priceless. You gotta do it. Oh shit. Yeah. Like, Wait, yeah. So so how much how much are we talking about? Uh not enough that you could see it at the bottom. And okay. then you do need to make sure you stir it. Okay. Yeah. But wow. yeah. That's because if you don't, then the straw goes straight to the bottom. And oh yeah, and all the they Tabasco. get is hot yeah. sauce. And, yeah, no, and that's, that's messed up. That's, but see, I like the kind of see, prank that's where, a war crime. Yeah. That's an act of genocide. Right. It's not genocide, <laughs> but you know, yeah. yeah. I like I like doing little harmless pranks like that where like when you burp you taste Tabasco. <laughs> like I kind of want to make. A, I was talking to my daughter the other day about like uh, I want to make a, a a sorcerer whose only thing is dispel magic and counterspell. That's all he ever does. He's just no. Yeah. No. Oh, you thought so, huh? No. Yeah. Did oh, you... you're large now. No, you're not. No. Fuck in... that. Yeah. Yeah. D- did you ever play Magic: The Gathering? I. Bought her a starter pack. Okay. And uh, my one of my friends at work uh, is okay. very into magic, and he's going to come over and okay. teach her how to play it. So, okay. ask me that question in six months, and the okay. answer will be yes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. what you just described with that sorcerer mm-hmm. is a or was back when I actually played the game uh-huh. back longer ago than I want to admit right sure. here in college. Uh, that was uh, a part of the part of the meta of like tournament gaming was no a denial deck i'm gonna play a blue white denial deck oh, okay i summon this thing no you don't so you're just data i'm putting stratego yeah, yeah just just no yeah. no no fuck you no no Stratagema. no yeah. oh and by the way bing no 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 and i hit you no 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 and i hit you again no no and the thing is uh-huh. in a in a one-on-one game mm-hmm. it it would be a very slow but very effective way right to fuck somebody over yeah you're, you're Unless, floyd mayweathering them to yeah, death. yeah 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 uh winning you, on winning on points yeah. just like you I'm only will hitting miss you. me yeah. i'm only hitting you for a little bit of damage at a time right. but you're not going to get anything through on me yeah 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 I and like i'm going to take you out in a five person game there are five which, person games oh yeah oh, oh yeah okay. multi-hand games wow now, I don't know how common they are anymore. Sure. But back when the game was young okay. and I was too, yeah. uh, playing it in the dorm, that was how we did it. We'd have four or five people playing at a time. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, mostly because uh, if you actually got into a one on one game with some of the guys in my dorm, mm-hmm. it was it would switch blades. It, they, oh, were, okay. they were brutal. Uh, <laughs> it was awful. So, like, I, I didn't ever enjoy playing when there were fewer than three players. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but, but in a, in a four or five person game, that blue white denial deck mm-hmm. basically would get you nuked in like turn four everybody <laughs> because like, everybody at the table is like, no, 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 yeah. you can only counter enough of us. Like, like if we hit you early, right. you won't have enough mana to stop right. all of us. We're going to We're gonna get bury you. you. Okay. And then you'd get to sit and watch everybody else then, you know, yeah, fall yeah, yeah. on each other. Yeah, but goes. yeah. No, and, okay. and yeah. So, so anyway. back, it's back to Dune. Uh, yeah. The, the decline and rot of Empire. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, I'm stretching to get to the, the Rome thing, but it's you're there. saying it's more busy. Yeah. Yeah. There it's, are shades it's, of it. It's, there, there's, there's shades of yeah, it. Yeah. Again, like you said, it's the you, template for what we as, exactly. you know, yeah. Westerners yeah. think of when we think of Empire. Okay. And so I think now is a good place for okay. us to, 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 you know, put, put an intermission 
sure. in the middle of this again. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. I just had a thought, though, okay. with, with the Romans. Yeah. Um, Alaric comes in with trained-ass armies yes. that the Romans had always looked down on, and they're like, no, no, we have centurions. Uh-huh. So Alaric is Paul, and the, the, the Goths and whatnot are the Fremen. And the Centurions are the, what are they called? Sautercar. Those guys. Could be. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's, I mean, it's a great historical analogy. I don't know how, how versed in, in all of the details of that history Herbert was, but that's for, for, if you wanted to say, okay, look, your history type, I'm going to, I'm going to explain Dune to you in terms that you know, that's a great analogy. There's a bit of this. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, do you have any recommendations for people uh, this week? Uh, no, this time around, I do not. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep plugging uh, BigBlackDice.com. Okay. Uh, go there. Teo Morgan runs a show called uh, Diversity and Dragons. Uh, and uh, just a, a small bit about Teo. I want to have him on our show and actually interview him. Because okay. his story is, is fascinating. But essentially, he grew up in a, a rough circumstance and dnd was a good escape for him okay but he uh also is um uh he's he's half black half white okay uh, and i don't want to speak too much for him but uh as we know historically uh dnd is a white boy club yes and so the way that he came to it and navigated through it is quite fascinating and he's made a show that is like deliciously subversive for me Okay. Um, and it's just it's so much fun. If you get a chance to go see it, okay, go see yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm intrigued for sure. I, yeah, I want, uh, as of to. this recording, I think there's still time to secure a ticket for. Again, go to bigblackdice.com, uh, because there's a show uh that's on July 29th. Okay, uh, so is this is this like a one man show kind of thing? No, is this, he has is... people up there uh playing D and D with him. Okay. But it's not D&D. It's his system. Okay. But it borrows from D&D, but it also, it's it's a very different system. Okay. Um, and, I mean, he's he's got big black dice that okay. he has audience members roll to nice. determine okay. things for people. And uh, he's got maps and all kinds of stuff. There's costuming that happens. Oh, wow. And there's right. some very funny comedians who are uh, a part of it. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to recommend. Go see... Uh, on Thursday, July 29th, uh, Diversity and Dragons. And you can get to that via BigBlackDice.com. All right. So uh, next week, I'll, I'll have books for you to to read. But right now, just the BigBlackDice.com. Very cool. So, yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the social medias? I can be found on social media at E.H. Blaylock on Twitter. I can be found under the same uh, address mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> had a had a blank there for a moment. And then on TikTok, I am Mr. Blaylock. Where can you be found? You can find me at Duh Harmony on both the Insta and the Twitter. Uh, you can also find me every Tuesday night on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. Uh, 8.30 on Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so we're still not doing any live shows just yet, but we will eventually get back out there. Essentially, I'm waiting until my kids get vaccinated. 
Uh, and hopefully there <clears throat> won't be Delta and Delta Plus variants that sidestep it for us. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, which seems to be the health plan of most school districts now is just cross your fingers and hope. Yeah, I know. hope is free. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can find me in those places. You can also find me at iMacPun, twitch.tv forward slash iMacPun, if I recall correctly. Uh, because uh, I and my friend Ian uh, put out a show every Thursday, although I think we're switching to monthly now. But every <clears throat> Thursday, or I'm sorry, every um, Friday, uh, we put out a, a show about uh, Scopely's Marvel Strike Force. Okay. Um, and they, they they just had Pride Month. Uh, it's winding to a close. Um, interestingly, Iceman became much more accessible, which was <clears throat> really cool. Okay. I love nice. Iceman. Yeah. Um, and uh, the <clears throat> they they tried and failed miserably. <laughs> Sorry, Facebook to, post about this. To, yeah, yeah this... to be inclusive, they so all the characters that they've made easier for you are uh, characters that are queer and or were queer-coded a long time ago. Um, and so, okay, mostly Iceman. Queer. Iceman, Phylavel, Moondragon, because uh, those two are lovers. Yeah. Iceman, uh, I believe, yeah, Kitty Pride also. Okay. Pride Month. You yeah, know. all right. Also, she, she has come out as bi. Um, and I want to say... Mystique? Oddly enough, Who No. Is- She's like the like, most gender like, fluid like the mutant, character. The mutant yeah. poster being for right. gender fluidity. Nope. Like I do think Jubilee. I could be wrong though. Okay. No, I can't find Jubilee to save my goddamn life. Actually, no. So not Jubilee. Um, and then uh, also not Loki. Yeah. Uh, so they're stepping on their okay. tails a little bit. They a little bit. Yeah. Well, they didn't consult. Yeah, stepping on something. Me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then so what they can do <laughs> yeah. though in the in the uh, game is you can create tags for characters. So like you know what team this character belongs yeah. to. So yeah, yeah. the Infinity Watch or the Avengers or the Secret X-Men, Avengers or the X Men or the Uncanny X Men or X Force, Hydra Shield, you okay. know, shit like that. Uh, and some players have or some some characters have like four or five. Things. Tags. Well, yeah. all the ones that were made easy, uh, they were given the tag of quirky, <laughs> which I like that term. They did bad, but I like the term. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need to say on that. Just quirky. It just what they meant was queer, uh, but they said quirky. I need to look like, up and see like if America they, Chavez did think, is. Did, did they? Did they think? somehow that like well you know we don't want to use that term because they don't want to upset the the whiny piss boys is what it is but they also okay. wanted to like throw a bone well they to the more quiet <laughs> and yeah uh to the more quiet and um you know used to getting scraps uh lgbtq yeah. community yeah. um and so what they did was half-assed it yeah, you know, it's it's they, one of those. They, yeah, they, they walk like, down the middle of the road. Less than half a loaf. No, you know what? That's not middle. No, fuck that. No. <laughs> Speaking, we've. I, I've True. already said I'm, I'm I'm a moderate. Like I'm really genuinely a moderate. That's no, that's not the middle of the fucking road. That's I true. I know yeah. what the middle of the road is. That's that ain't it. That ain't it. That's yeah. chicken shit. That's, that's that's the worst kind of token. Oh look! Yeah, you know, like no, fuck oh, that. You know Come what? On. Mystique is actually quirky. Um, here's <laughs> here's a list of characters who are quirky. I love. <laughs> yeah. Iceman, quirky. Yo-Yo, Philavel, okay. Falcon, Luke Cage, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, Killmonger, Deadpool. Wait, back up. 
Yeah, I know. Back up. Luke Cage. I he's not. Though. I That's the thing. Like so, they're 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 not even really. They're not even really committing. No, like it it, it goes more Iron Man, camouflage. Hawkeye, yeah, Spider Man, Killmonger, Deadpool, Mystique, Ant Man, Miles Morales, Elektra, Domino, America Chavez, uh, Miss Marvel, Kitty Pride, <sighs> Gamora, Stature, Negasonic. She was easier to get to. Yeah. Uh, Mantis, Rocket Raccoon, Shatterstar, Toad, Drax, Misty Knight, Moon Dragon, uh, Moon Knight. Okay, so they're either clear or part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or like, or, I mean, yeah, there's there's plenty of here that aren't. You got Miles Morales and Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, multiple Man, uh, which I completely believe, just because he can make mu- multiple of himself. Why not explore all of it? <laughs> Uh, Jubilee and so Star wait, Lord. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No, hold on. If okay. he does that, mm-hmm. again, I get back to Heinlein's question. <laughs> does that count as a homosexual act or is it just masturbation? Well, so I would come back to this. Um, what define what a homosexual act is? Okay, I guess Webster would say a sexual act with somebody of the same, same. sex or gender. Okay. Fair. And or gender. Then all masturbation is a homosexual act. Good point. All right. Yeah. Unless no, I you saw, say I with saw that an I, other. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that. I, I, I saw that that yeah. uh, way of parsing it. Yeah. Like headed at me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, no, yeah, I yeah. see where the crosshairs are going to fall on this one. Okay. Yep. But yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Right. here at uh, <laughs> a Geek History of Time, we answer the hard questions. We, yeah. Until they're soft. Uh, so anyway, that, those are the places you can find me. Yeah. Uh, quirky, quirky as it might be. Yeah. So, quirky. uh, cool. Like, come on. <laughs> like. Okay. So if people want to take us on corporately, uh, where can they find yes. us? Yes. Uh, if, if you, you want to hit us as an aggregate, uh, we can be found, uh, on Twitter at geek history time. Uh, we can also be found online at geekhistorytime.com if you want to go to the website where you will be able to find all of the episodes of the podcast that have been published so far. Uh, of course, please uh, subscribe. Uh, whatever whatever application it is you found us through, please uh, hit the subscribe button. Yep. Give us a review. Give us five stars. God knows I've done the research for Dune. Please, please, <laughs> please throw me a bone here. Uh, not, not like a quirky bone, please. But you know, he's a married man. Throw me something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So give us, give us those five stars. Uh, and that's all I've got. Cool. Well then in that case for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling twenties.